Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls! Vonnie, you've read The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, right? I finished that and then I was like marking it red on Goodreads and I was reading the reviews and they are really shitty. Yeah, really? it's got a lot of really negative Cause people, get negative <clears throat> people are saying that he made light of um, the Holocaust in the book. And like, I, I don't think people quite understand the point of the book. And then they were talking shit on his use of, because you know how they called him the Fury? But the he was, he, yeah, well, like, but in the book, the little boy calls him the Fury. He was using that in English to make a point of it. But, but then people were bitching about that because it would have been in German and the meaning of the fury in German is nothing similar to the the fear. So it's just people just like, like, bitching about everything, like literally. Well, I know that it got some bad reviews because people were saying that because it was written from the little kid's point of view. Yeah, people were complaining about that too. That it was too naive or something, but it's like, okay, it's written from a rich boy's a rich, spoiled, sheltered boy's life. In the 1930s. Like. And he's eight years old. <laughs> yeah. It kept true because when I, <clears throat> I've read other books where it's written from the kid's point of view. And it's like the kid knows too much. It's mm-hmm. like it's not a little kid kind of thinking. It's an and, adult pretending to be a kid. Oh, right. Look how precocious they are. Right. Exactly. Little kids would not think that. Exact thought. And this was stayed very true to form. But it, I was like almost going to start arguing with people on Goodreads. I was so mad about it. All right. As long as you don't chew in directly in the microphone, you can have a cookie. Are they stale? No, they're fresh. He made them yesterday. Well, sometimes you bring us all your stale shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what kind of cookies are they? Those are Ron's special. No, but they don't have any pot in them. They are his special chocolate chip cookies. Well, you said Ron. If you said they were Dylan's special chocolate chip cookies, well, then I would be like, that's true. (laughs) No, you don't have any paper towels or anything here because I don't want to get crumbs all over. He's an engineer. And there's already crumbs everywhere. When it comes to cooking, nobody cleans this. Nobody cleans me, but not on that side. Um, So here's here's what Ron does when he makes something is he'll find a bunch of recipes on the Internet and find the best one. Well, and in this case, he made several and couldn't find one that was to his liking. So he found America's Test Kitchen. And this was supposedly the best chocolate chip cookie recipe. Really good. And you have to brown the butter, evidently. And basically, anytime you have to take an extra step, I'm out. <laughs> so I don't give a shit. If if America's te- Test Kitchen says they're the best chocolate chip cookies. Personally, I don't like chocolate chip cookies. Really? Yeah, no. Hmm. Too much chocolate. Neither does my husband. He doesn't like chocolatey stuff. I like chocolate, but in very small quantities. So... These have way too much chocolate in it for me. I like more cookie, less chocolate. Hmm. Which I know. One more thing that makes me weird. a weirdo. This is way too complicated. Just give me cookies. Yeah, well. <laughs> those are Ron's cookies. It's Ron. Everything has to be complicated. Speaking of Ron, mm-hmm. this is a time-traveling episode. Which means that when this episode plays back, I will be elsewhere and this year i will be in minnesota which we've been going to the same resort area for 30 years now 
And what that means is it is my 29th anniversary right now during this episode. Congratulations. Thank you. She's been married longer than I've been alive. (laughs) (laughs) You guys should see the look on her face right now. She's like, thanks for running that for me. (laughs) In the same week that some pimply little dickhead (laughs) asks me in the grocery store if I want the fucking senior citizen discount on my groceries. (laughs) That's when you say yes, please. (laughs) Did that really happen? It Uh really happened. It happened at Williams on library day. Yep, She came to the library griping about it. This kid was like 14, maybe. And I, I looked at him and I said, I feel very sorry for you having to ask questions like that of women who will rip off your head. Maybe you should put up a sign somewhere that says, ask for your senior citizen discount, but don't ask a woman that question. That's a terrible question to ask. Well, I'm Martha's getting very sensitive about My about mom this. was very happy when she was able to start getting the senior citizen discount, and that's the only day that she goes to the grocery store is on Wednesdays now. And last Wednesday was her birthday. Happy birthday, Mom. So she didn't get to go and because um, she said, I'm not grocery shopping on my birthday, damn it. Well, I'm disgusted. But then that she missed somebody her thought that discount. I am old enough to get a seat. Do I really look that old? No. You don't. No. But First when time you're you told 14, me your age, I was surprised. So. Motherfuckers. When you're 14, Man. everyone who's over 20 looks like they're ancient. Think back when you were 14. I don't care. Martha's just very sensitive about this matter, Bonnie. <laughs> I need a facelift. <laughs> me too, because I'm going to be 40 in December. And this wow. year, I have become very, very self-conscious about my nasal label, nasal labial folds. Like the, they can do something about that. I know. There, there's like, a I shot. There to are shots that you can because, get. Like they're starting to show. A those lot. are awesome. Those yeah. shots. They won't give them to me anymore because I'm too old. Diminishing returns. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking about having that done because I think like the rest of me still looks pretty young, but like this is really starting to show. Mm-hmm. I'm getting crow's feet and stuff, which I'm not too bothered by that. But it's this, this is what happens when you get old. You start weighing these uh, mm-hmm. things, going, "Hmm." Well, I'm still how doing- vain am I really? And the answer for me is very fucking vain. Don't ask me if I want a senior citizen discount. I'll tell you when I can have one. Next time I get invited to a Botox party, I'm just gonna give my invitation to you. Like, I guess it'll make you feel better, but I'm not going. That is one thing I have never, ever had. Somebody for reals invited me to a Botox party. You don't have any wrinkles. Well, neither do they. Well, obviously, if they're going to the Botox They're like 30. Jesus. And I'm like, why? I've seen 30-year-olds that have wrinkles. Mm -hmm. People who like tan regularly and go out in the sun. Smokers. Smokers. Yeah. Yeah. They get, especially, you know, they get the wrinkles around their mouth. I don't have wrinkles. You're going to have butthole mouth when you get old from all that smoking, Nicole. You're going to have butthole mouth. I already have butthole mouth. <laughs> I do. I have some wrinkles right here around my... Around no, my... you have potty mouth. That's a different thing. Oh, <laughs> does that show? Toilet mouth. <laughs> only when they ask you for the senior I citizen only... discount and you come to the library cussing your head off. Yeah. I only said that, um, Nicole, because that's what Kelly used to say. Yeah, I'm not that worried. I'm just going to look... Pretty Kelly would always when say I'm that. That's 40, the first time I ever 60. heard that term. That it came out of Kelly's mouth. What? She said, I gotta stop stop smoking. I'm gonna get butthole mouth. And I was like, What's butthole mouth? <laughs> she goes, see? And she pursed her lips and she's got little wrinkles. Mm-hmm. 
I actually heard that on a show that I used to watch called The League. And it was about a group of friends that had a fantasy football mm-hmm. league. Mm-hmm. That's why it was called The League. Mm-hmm. And one of them was dating a chick and she had anus mouth and... Anus mouth. And then they were like, I just can't look at her mouth anymore. (sighs) Like every time he went to kiss her, it looked like a butt. Getting old is not for pussies. No, it's not. Right now I'm kind of feeling like one though, because I, you know, having a 29th anniversary, being married longer than Nicole is alive. I mean, that's really a punch to the vagina. (laughs) You want another punch to the vagina? Just think that our children are going to be old enough to drink in just a few months. Mine already drinks, so... Well, I mean, they're going to be old enough to do it legally. Legally, to go to a bar. <laughs> You're going to be old enough to have a 21-year-old son. You are not making this any better. Martha I, needs I, a Xanax. I do. Right? We schedule, We had to schedule this. We, we're doing two podcasts today because we have to make up for the fact that I'm going on vacation. So I really should not be bitching. There's what? no response to that. <laughs> Well, we're not going on vacation, so... <laughs> no, yeah, I it must be nice just... to go on vacation. The only yeah, vacation. Uh-huh, so, yeah. That's what I was waiting for. That's the response. The only vacation that I, was... that I get is that I'm going to read two books that I cannot review on the podcast, and it's going to be awesome. Yep. So long as they stay in my wheelhouse long enough mm. to read them, because one of them's Good Omens, and the other one's uh, Clockwork, Clockwork, Clockwork Orange. Orange. Those are the two that I mm. plan on reading. Yeah, I read Clockwork Orange last month, I think. Again, because I read another one last time you were on vacation and it kind of bit me in the ass because (laughs) then I didn't have time (laughs) to read what I needed to read for the three podcasts that we have to do this weekend. Well, I mean, I got something read, but I had to kind of cheat a little. Yeah. Well, that happens because I read my uh, my lovely wife. Which was awesome, was it not? Yes, it was. It was really good. My lovely wife, I I think it was a couple of months ago that I reviewed that one, but that one really is, um, what would you call that? It's not really, well, it is twisty. It's pretty twisty. Yeah, it's pretty twisty. It's one of those ones that you think you're kind of figuring it out and somebody comes up behind you and hits you over the head with a shovel. Mm. Yeah. See, I kind of figured the person who ended up being more evil than what they let on early in the book. I kind of figured that she was more evil as hey, the story Hey, don't say she. On. You'll ruin it. <clears throat> you know what I'm talking It's on my holds list. There's a no. lot of she's in this book. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. I guess there are. Um, And uh, so, yeah, but the way that it ended was not something that I predicted. I think more so, yeah. people should be talking about that book. It is pretty I good. would not be surprised at all if they make a movie out of it. I recommended it to a couple of people. I am actually currently reading um, The Raven Tower, <gasps> which you recommended, and I absolutely freaking love it. So far? Yes, I love it. That's what I was listening to when I was driving up here, and you tried to call me, and I'm like, I'm not stopping The Raven Tower to answer this call. <laughs> and I'm on the on I-35, and I'm being passed by Texans going 95 miles an hour. But what I'm loving on The Raven Tower is there's like the storyline with the boy that she's talking about, uh-huh. but then... I'm more interested in the part where she's talking about how she was born as a god and like all these other gods are rising up and like the earth and everything. I am so fascinated by that. And it's giving me the same vibes that this book did, that that Cersei did. Okay. So um, I really, I'm enjoying that aspect of it. Cool. And like the myriad, like she's she's having a conversation with the myriad. I love the myriad. These are so amazing. These goddesses are so cool. So I'm, I'm enjoying that so far. 
I love it when I can recommend a book to somebody and they like it. Yeah, it's good. It's the best feeling in the whole wide world. Oh, also, I read 1984. Did I say that yet on the podcast? Um, That's another one I read when you were on vacation. Can't remember if you did or not. You know, I know 19, you told me about 1984. It. I felt like you know I was way behind the times because everyone talks about oh, that book and I had never yeah, I read need it. to finish it. I I got most of the way through it and then like it fell off my list. And I it like other the stuff. writing really reminded me a lot of Brave New World. Mm-hmm. I mean, the I story is a little bit different, but that's the kind of book that it reminded me of is Brave New World. Mm-hmm. Have you read Fahrenheit 451? No. Okay, because I, I finished one that one not too long ago. That was really good. Mm-hmm. That was really, really good. I'll have to put that on my wish list yeah, and it's try good. to get a few books ahead so I Those can are read. the great thing about the classics is they're kind of short. Yeah. Yeah. In in comparison to the books that are being put out now. Yeah. And you have a lot like of mind blowing moments where you're like, Whoa, that's still happening today and it's it's really freaky. Oh, and they're doing a movie or a mini series. I don't remember of Fahrenheit 451 and it's got that guy that was in Black Panther. I can't think of his name. I think that's on HBO, right? Yeah, HBO, I guess. <laughs> is doing it. I hate it yeah. when they put good shows on HBO. Guys, I just I'm paid for cheap. HBO what? Last, like two weeks ago so that I could watch Chernobyl because oh. everybody was talking about it. Damn it. And I love that. that stuff. I need to see that then. Well, I got HBO now on my smart TV so I'm now watching Game of Thrones. Uh, when you get to season eight, let me know so I can come over. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm only on season because only on season two, so okay. it's going to be a little bit. I know all the spoilers, unfortunately, but I still yeah, need me to watch too. it. Yeah. yeah, I actually liked it better because I could do that. But you know what I can watch now too is True Blood. I love True Blood. I wanted to watch that for a long time to see what you know all the hype was. And well, Nicole's I, I like likes the romance. It's not a romance. The books are. They're it's literally more sex than romance. <laughs> I think that like there's a difference. A That's right. <laughs> sex is awesome. Sex without the romance. I like the, yeah. the books, but the the movie is just like, I don't really want to see a penis every two seconds oh, in I front do. of like, <laughs> like, like, what if somebody shows up at my house or like, yeah, Martha's like orgasming over there just from <laughs> saying the word penis and it's really kind of creepy. Sorry. Like we need to work on her. Yeah. Well. <laughs> At least when you get her, old, you lose your inhibitions. In a better mood at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Yeah, let me so say So let it. her enjoy her penis. Isn't it awfully nice to have a penis? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one. I'm married to one. I sort of say, you, kinda, you technically do have 29 one. 29 years, baby. Going strong. Just married to the penis, not the man. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's pretty awesome, too. I'll, I'll keep him. I mean, he made you cookies. He did well. And no, those he are not made for me. Awesome pizza last night. <laughs> I taught Alexa to say, "Alexa, what, what is it time for?" And then she says, "It's beer thirty, bitches." Ron, pour me a cold one. <laughs> <laughs> Except for she doesn't say bitches. She goes bleep. She doesn't like, swear. Dang it! She's I, a very PG. I can't make her swear. Although our boss gave me a great tip. He said that if if you want to get her to swear and you want to say like for example dickhead instead of saying dickhead you say dick head so it thinks like dick like a name so it thinks it's two extra words ah. and then she'll say it so you say b itch <laughs> she says bitch <laughs> i can work b itches be atches. That's what I'll say. Well, itches is a word. Like itches, it itches. And be is a word. So, yeah. so 
Pussy. There you go. He itches. He itches. That could work. <laughs> I guess that works. <laughs> My bee itches. I'm changing that right away. All I know is you guys have way too much time on your <laughs> I think you're right. I think we should talk about books now. <laughs> Need to get this party going because we got to do another one after this. Let's get this party started. Okay, like I said, I kind of cheated a little with this review because this is a novelette. I did the audio and the audio was like only like four hours, maybe three and a half. Is I it a remember. novelette or a novella? Novelette. What's the dif- difference? Okay, is there I'll a Google difference? it. Maybe yeah, novelette is even shorter than a novella. Uh, probably because like I said, I did the audio and it was like three and I like read it in like under a day. And no- It says a novelette is longer than a short story, but shorter than a novella. The word count is usually between 7,500 words to 17,000 words. Mm. Okay. Well, okay. we'll take that. That's considered reading. We'll, we'll accept that. Well, I can't remember exactly where I got clued in, but I found out that Will Wheaton had written some books, and I like Will Wheaton. I don't know why, but he just always... It's probably because I told you, because I think I read that one. Did you read this one? I think so. Tell um, me about it, and then I'll tell you if I've read it, because I know I've read a couple of things by Will Wheaton. So this was written by Will Wheaton, and it's also narrated by Will Wheaton, which was awesome. Because like I said, totally have a crush on Will Wheaton ever since Star Trek. I won't lie. (laughs) And his ugly sweaters. Shut up, Wesley. (laughs) I liked Wesley. And ever since uh, Big Bang Theory, right? Oh, yeah. Big Bang Theory was awesome. Yeah. Loved Will Wheaton, even though that, you know, he was like, kind of like the bad guy. He was kind of the bad guy in that. Yeah. But I still loved him. Will, your tops in her book, buddy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Another person that could stalk me and it would be okay. <laughs> well, Maybe hopefully. I should give this a bad review so he stalks me. <gasps> like almost rings your doorbell stalks you? Like, yeah. Do you want my address? <laughs> <gasps> Nicole was was absent for that conversation. Oh, we forgot to say Vivian. What? Hi. Oh, hi. We forgot to introduce you. Since, yeah, you but know, she's been on like, she's a, been couple here a couple of times. Of times. So, yeah, she's so. like a regular now. Yeah. Oh, I'm a regular. Oh, <laughs> oh one of the cool kids now. This is so nice. You're one of us. Feels now. One of us. One of us. <laughs> Suck at all you bitches in high school who made fun of me. I'm with the cool kids now. And what are you doing? Probably Be got hooked kids. on drugs. Popping out six kids yeah. and smoking meth. Yeah. Like, no kidding. I went back to my high school reunion and most of the people uh, that weren't there, they had fallen into drugs and that's why they didn't make it to the reunion. Like, Speaking of wow. meth, on the news Sad. this morning, there was a story about somebody that gave meth to his pet squirrel. Was that in Oklahoma? I don't a, remember I where was it was. Flo- it was a Florida. It had to be Florida. Why would you give meth to your squirrel? I mean, when you're on meth. Why would you, <laughs> why would you have a squirrel? Well, I've known people that have pet squirrels. <laughs> But I would I would have them. a flying squirrel. And for what those of you in Britain, that's a squirrel. 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 What? Yeah, that's how they pronounce it, and they think it's hilarious <laughs> that we say squirrel. Squirrel. Oh gosh. squirrel. Sounds like American. It's a squirrel. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Boy, did we digress. <laughs> okay. So back to Will Wheaton. So, Dead trees. Dead trees give no shelter. By Will Wheaton. This book starts out with a gentleman named Jay who's going back to his hometown. He hasn't been back there in a very long time for the execution of the person that killed his brother. So he he goes in and the guy who's getting executed 
is still swearing his innocence um, that he didn't kill this child or like as they're executing him. So he, he never admits it, never said he's sorry, nothing like that. Um, Jay has had a hard time dealing with this through the years. So he's turned to self-medicating himself with alcohol. So he, um, after the execution, he goes to like a cafe that serves drinks and stuff. And he kind of strikes up a conversation with the waitress and they kind of, you know, have a little thing, kind of go on a few dates, but he doesn't plan on staying in his hometown for very long, even though he's met this waitress. Well, as the story goes on, he kind of hooks up with the waitress, <laughs> spends the nights and um, like spends a lot of time with her for like a week or so. And, and um, the waitress has a child and you find out that there's a lot of children that come up missing in this town. And it's not exactly something that a human is doing. And a lot of the parents understand that this is going to happen for reasons that you would find out when you read the book. I'm getting a Stephen King vibe from this. Yeah, it was very much like a, like a short story, like a Stephen King would write mm-hmm. it. Or it really reminded me of like one of the better episodes of like Star Trek where they go on to... And this is just the norm, even though it's so mind-boggling that this would happen. Yeah. It kind of reminded me a little of that. Yeah, there's a couple episodes like that. Like the one that was in uh, uh, Next Generation where the guy was going to have to, like, commit ritual suicide because he'd reached a certain age and stuff. Yeah. But this is the norm, even though, you know, they try to stop it or, but, you know, that's just what they do. But, yeah, this book was a lot like that. I, I liked it. Will Wheaton is um, a pretty good writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked his writing style. Well, I, read I, a couple of, I read a couple of his memoirs, and uh, they were written several years ago, uh, but they were very good. And I actually mm-hmm. own a copy of The Happiest Days of Our Lives, which was pretty good. He really? talks a lot about growing up as a geek. He talks about his experiences at Star Trek conventions and, you know, growing up as a child actor and Mm-hmm. So he's written quite a bit about that. And when I used to do Twitter, which I got tired of Twitter, it's it's exhausting and mentally mm-hmm. overwhelming for me. But um, he was always very interesting on Twitter. And uh-huh. uh, he's a big advocate for, um, like, geeks not excluding each other. Because uh-huh. he says things like, you know, we were excluded when we were young because we were different. So, therefore, we don't exclude anyone else. And that right. was mainly in response to, like, people that are geeky or people that are not geeky suddenly getting into, like, Star Wars or something like that. And then the the old school geeks are like trying to push back and say, you're not welcome in our club yeah. because you were so mean to us in the past. And he was saying things like, we need to get over that. We need to be excited that people are continuing the things that we love right. and not exclude people. So well, he's always had a really good policy about being kind to other people. The I whole, think when he yeah. was younger, I think the character Wesley in Star Trek, I think didn't, wasn't well received by a lot of yeah, yeah. Uh, Trek Trekkies. Mm-hmm. Which I th- I liked his character. Now, I did too. I don't know if I'm a true Trekkie because I love Star Trek and mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of Star Trek, mm-hmm. but I'm not like obsessed with it. Like I love the movies. Yeah. I yeah. go watch all of the movies mm-hmm. and I've watched some of the original Star Trek and I've watched all of the next generation. Mm-hmm. Some of them a couple of times. But but yeah, I, I always liked his character. I don't know why anyone would think that it was a bad character. 
I, don't I think know. people were just like they didn't want a whiny kid on board the Enterprise. And Maybe I thought it was awesome. Funny. Yeah, I I liked him. I never had a problem with the character. And then the way his arc was finished was was really interesting when he hey, you know, leaves with the traveler and stuff like that. If you're gonna talk to her, put your face on this ah. side of the microphone. Okay, you gotta rotate because you're turning I know. your head to look. At I'm turning her. my head too far. I'm probably cutting out. I know. You, yell, you guys yell at me about this every single it, time. That yells at everybody. <laughs> that microphone's well, hard. I, it's just, I'm naturally loud, and I'm so afraid that I'm going to be loud yeah, into the microphone. Yeah, you did it again. See, I'm so afraid that I'm I'm just going to be too loud. No, it's what you're doing it's, is you're doing this. When just, you look at her, you're turning your face. Should I do this? Uh, side eye me. No, when just you, don't when turn you talk your to me. Side eye. Side if eye. Gonna, do yeah. this. Side eye. Just go like this? Or? Yes. Oh, You okay. have to rotate. We have to rotate. You rotate your whole head. Instead of turning, you it. sound like you're, you're giving like me blowjob advice. Instead of that was a, that's exactly what so I was much of the advice you've given me about talking to microphone has revolved around blowjobs. <laughs> Not need that image. Martha. You need to deep throat it, you know, and turn you know turn your head. Turn your head. When don't you're turn going your head. To the side. Flick your tongue a Rotate. little. Enunciate. Don't be vibration going. I was gonna say hum a little. That helps too. (laughs) So I think the vibration going there. Unless you have acid splash, don't be afraid to swallow. (laughs) Have you ever played a kazoo? (laughs) It's like playing kazoo, only more fun. (laughs) But Uh, I mean, if you have just like maybe like a short trip that you want something, um, I would say you know maybe go ahead and yeah. Audio book this in your car. It was cute. The only thing is I wish that it would have gone into more detail of why the town is letting this happen. I wish it would have gone into a little more detail. That's the only bad thing I have to say about this book. But That's again, fair. that was uh, Dead Trees Give No Shelter by Will Wheaton. Thank you for that review. I think I might actually yeah. listen to it as well. Yeah, I'm going to have to at that. some point. It's a but cute I, short little read. Yeah, I hate short little reads, though, especially if I like them. Then it well, makes me maybe cross. just don't listen at it at, you know, 2.5 so that it True. lasts more than 15 True. minutes. Well, it might be good if you've just read like a really long epic novel and you want something that's kind of short. And he needs to get Martha a happy pill today. I know. It's a good palate cleanser. I would say this is a good palate cleanser because it's yeah. not too deep. It's not too complicated. Like a sorbet? I mean, yeah. I mean, like, if mm. I can follow... It's sci-fi, and if I can follow it, because you know how I am with sci-fi. I yeah, look I for the logic yeah, and everything. I if I can follow through on it, then I'm thinking it's got to be a palate cleanser kind of read for somebody like you. All righty, then. I think that's high praise. Yes. I'll put it on my list. Okay. You better. Okay. I'm going to ask you later about this. You want me to go next? Talk about sure. the book I've been dying to talk about? Um, hey, don't tell me you're falling asleep on us. No, I just had something in my eye. I'm oh. telling you, I have been hearing about this book for fucking months. Oh, the one I'm doing? Yes. Because <laughs> Vivian never <laughs> shuts up about this book. And I was like, dude, you need to come on the podcast to get this out of your system. I've been telling you, when can I come on the podcast? When can I come on the podcast? Well, yeah, not this has. week. We have somebody else yeah, that's more has. important than you. So, you know, you're just going to have to wait your turn. <laughs> I'm mean. sorry. God, way to guilt me. We don't want to hear about, about excluding your the little geek. Greek mythology book. Okay. <laughs> so the book that I'm reviewing today um, is uh, Circe by Mal- Madeline Miller. Uh, the her name is technically pronounced Kirky. The Greek pronunciation is Kirky, but everybody knows it as Circe. 
uh, and not to be confused with a really evil queen on uh, Game of Thrones. I was going to yeah. say, the that timing Cersei. of that could not be worse. That's Cersei. But this is Cersei. And so uh, the reason Madeline Miller wrote this book was basically uh, it was to um, get back at Homer, to push back against what Homer had written in the Odyssey about Cersei and her island full of men that she had turned into pigs and, you know, she has an affair with Odysseus and all this stuff. And so there's a, there's a really good quote in the book. I'm probably going to be reading a couple of quotes out of the book just because um, they're really good. So at one point, Cersei says, Humbling women seems to me a chief pastime of poets, as if there could be no story unless we crawl and weep. So that's the reason why the author is pushing back against the Odyssey is because she didn't feel that women were treated fairly. Imagine so, that. Women not being treated fairly. Not being treated fairly. So this is uh, Cersei's story. And she's a daughter of one of the titans of Helios, the sun. So it's about how she came to be exiled to the island of Aiaia. It talks about her childhood, um, being exiled, her meeting with Odysseus. And this book was so well written. It's amazing. There's so many good quotes that I could share. So when she's exiled, and uh, it's a lot about her uh, relationship with her father and her sisters and her half-sisters and uh, her mother and all that. And there's all this wonderful drama with all the gods and everything. I've never been a fan of Greek mythology. I didn't particularly like the Odyssey, but this book still like sucked me in. It was so good. But there's a scene where uh, Helios is banishing her to Aiaia because of something she has done. And uh, she says, so many years I had spent as a child sifting his bright features for his thoughts, trying to glimpse among them one that bore my name. But he was a harp with only one string, and the note it played was himself. And he says, you have always been the worst of my children, he said. Be sure not to dishonor me. I have a better idea. I will do as I please, and when you count your children, leave me out. Damn. Yeah, yeah. So she she has some confrontations with gods and demigods and speaks her mind, kicks some ass, she performs these heroic feats of her own throughout the book. It's just amazing. Reading this book made me want to run away to a little Mediterranean island and have a garden and like grow all these herbs and learn all these magic spells and turn men into pigs and stuff if I didn't want them showing up. Because that's basically what she does is she goes to the island and she makes her own life and she has a garden and she uh, learns how to do all this witchcraft and she grows all these different herbs and she talks about, well, this one is for such and such and this one's for such and such. And she's like making these potions and she's casting these spells that have different effects. And it's just... Sounds like a... It's just kind amazing. Of a dis- description of a witch, actually. She is a witch. Yeah. yeah. She's basically a witch. She's a sorceress. She explains why she turns men into pigs. She has a very good reason for it. Because they're tasty? Because men <laughs> suck. Because well, men suck. I was going to say bacon. She does it. She only does it when they deserve it, basically. She does it to the men that deserve it. Anyway, she talks about her relationship with Odysseus. She talks about her relationship with Telemachus, uh, Odysseus' son, and Penelope, and like all these different characters from these different myths come into play. Um, I would read about a particular character and what was happening in the story. And I would say, wait, is that really what happened in the mythology? And I would look it up. And yes, it turns out that's what happened. And then the author put her own spin on it and expanded the story and elaborated it. 
and brought out all the little interpersonal relationships and all the little dramas and things like that going on. Like the birth of the Minotaur is in here and Hmm. Athena is in here. It turns out Athena's kind of a bitch, but awesome. But one of the main points of the book was about the nature of gods and of worshiping gods. And there's a quote that says, but gods are born of ichor and nectar, their excellences already bursting from their fingertips. So they find their fame by proving what they can mar, destroying cities, starting wars, greeting plagues and monsters. All that smoke and savor rising so delicately from our altars, it only leaves ash behind. Damn. So it's Powerful. the book is basically about how gods are dicks. And they're intentionally disrupting the lives of humans. And they're playing with us. They're just playing with us. Well, because they want us to get upset and start praying to them and say, oh, please help me. Please help me. And now that you've helped me, I'm going to lavish you and, you know, worship you. And so that they're just toying with our feelings. They're basically on a power trip. They're on a power trip and they're toying with us and that gods would only be gods because they're being worshipped. It it was very, it's just a really, 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 really good book. I didn't want this book to end because it was so good. Here's the question. That's why I've been fangirling so much. If you don't know a lot about mythology, would it still be a good book? Yes. You don't have to know much about mythology at all. See, that's good to know because I sort of was avoiding it. I wasn't a huge mythology. I would actually recommend, as good as the audiobook is, I would actually recommend reading a physical copy because for one there's a map in the front that's lovely it's kind of a you know like a cartoonish map it's not that helpful but there's a map but in the back there is a list of all the gods and who they are Um, because one of the complaints about this book was that oh they keep introducing all these gods with these weird names and I can't keep up with who it was I kept up with everybody without the glossary without the little list of gods in the back i kept up with it if you struggle with keeping all the characters straight at least get a physical copy that's got the guide in the back that tells you who is who i have only like a passing casual interest in greek mythology but this book i i absolutely loved it like i said it just made me want to move to a mediterranean island and like cast spells and stuff it was just so amazing cool that actually sort of makes me want to read it now it's really good I yeah. think I'd probably have to have the hard copy just based on the quotes. Yeah. Because that's sort of how I gauge whether or not I'm mm-hmm. going to buy a book or not based on the language in it. Mm-hmm. Because I like the ones with the language that just punches you in the mm-hmm. gut with its beautifulness. And that's the, how I felt. Both of those quotes you read, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah, I, I did the <laughs> audiobook version like while I was driving to and from work. And I was just, it felt like just getting hit with a lightning bolt just sometimes like this, this, oh, this, I just love those. You're quotes. just sweat. Well, well, maybe not a lightning bolt, but more like an ocean wave where it just oh, kind of like yeah. the meaning just kind of like washes over you. And she's mm. talking about the nature of gods and her relationship with her father and like how horrible he is. And then she's just being all independent, you know, and then she's like standing up to other gods and goddesses. And you're just like, yeah, get it, girl. You're just like really exciting stuff. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Vivian. Yes. Sorry. I absolutely love this book. It was so good. It's one of the best books I've read this year, along with Semiosis and probably the library book, which is also good. Okay. So give title and artist of your book again. It is uh, Circe by Madeline Miller. Awesome. It's so good. Nicole. Okay. We're switching gears here and going into nonfiction again because I went on a nonfiction fiction binge Yay, not like before the first time you went on vacation martha 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> Everybody gives me shit about my vacation, including my boss. Who's like, you're going a week and a half after your first vacation? Like, yeah. Just because we're all jealous. <laughs> That's one of them. <laughs> we can't go, damn it. But um, I did not know a single thing about this book until it became a Netflix documentary. Um, and it's called The Innocent Man by John Grisham. And it's John Grisham's only nonfiction book. I had never heard of this book until the Netflix series came out. And the next Netflix series uh, kind of blew up. Everybody was comparing it to Making a Murder. And it is kind of traumatizing to watch. Um, but essentially, it follows the story of two guys. One is named Ron Williamson, and the other one is Dennis Fritz. And they both were born and grew up in Ada, Oklahoma, which is a very small town. Ron Williamson was kind of just like the typical small town guy, played baseball in high school, um, played football when he wasn't playing baseball, and he had dreams of becoming the next Mickey Mantle. And because Mickey Mantle, by the way, is also from Oklahoma, just in mm -hmm. case you guys did not know that. But <laughs> I don't think I knew that. So um, <laughs> you'll learn something new every day. So he had dreams of becoming the next Mickey Mantle and he kind of went off and then injured himself and kind of went batshit crazy a little bit and goes back to Ada um, just because like he has already been married and divorced and he's not mentally stable. So he just goes home. And then while he's home, he ends up, that's, he meets Dennis Fritz and they hang out like a couple times. And there's nothing to do in Oklahoma. So you automatically get into mischief if you're, especially in Ada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Especially in Ada. Yeah. yeah. If you're not in Oklahoma City, that's almost yeah. immediately mm -hmm. like you're probably drinking. Um, anyway, so they go, they hang out like just a couple of times. But then for some reason, everybody thinks Dennis Fritz is said all of a sudden Ron Williamson's like BFF. And then all of a sudden, this woman is murdered. Um, and the police in Ada pin Ron Williamson and Dennis Fritz. And Ron Williamson was literally, there's no doubt that he was uh, actually, like, he was not mentally stable. He should not have been put on trial. He should, like, not have been questioned. He should have immediately be, been thrown somewhere to get mental help. And no one really helped him. And the book goes through that a lot and talks about every single time he actually did get mental help and how it would only last like a week at a time. And then um, and then Dennis Fritz is also found guilty of the same murder and is given a life sentence. But Ron Williamson, who is batshit crazy, is given a death sentence. So that's mm -hmm. also illegal. You can't give somebody who's mentally incompetent. Yeah. So it's kind of, so the book um, essentially starts out with the murder and then it goes back and tells you the story of these two guys growing up. Because Ron Williamson did have um, like kind of a difficult, like after he got out of school, he kind of got into the minor leagues and then um, he just wasn't as successful as he dreamed of and it was really hard on him. Then he injured himself and he goes back and like he marries like Mrs. Oklahoma at some point. And then divorce it like gets a divorce within a year and just like kind of seeing how how he got to the point where the police just decided they were going to. So his, his life is basically him. just a mess. Kind of. So he was just like, you know, yeah. almost like profiled. Yeah. So the book tells you about that. Then it kind of gives you some information on Dennis Fritz's background, although you don't get as much as Ron Williamson 
And then it goes into how the police literally like take Ron Williamson off the street while he's mowing lawns to make money um, and throw him into a cell, keep him, I think, longer than the 24 hour time limit. And then to actually convict him, they get people one, they they dig up the dead body so that they can re hand printer and then like try to say that, oh, now that she's you know been dead for five years or whatever. Now her handprints match like the one that was on the wall that they How were originally. would they not originally. decompose after five years? I had just this entire thing is so fucked up. But then they also um, got jailhouse confessions. So they were giving people, they were saying like if somebody confess, like was say that Ron Williamson confessed to them, they would give that person like a lenient sentence. Uh, so you're like rewarding people for lying. And so they prove that not only was the police department wrong, but they were malicious about it. Like they were doing it on purpose. Like they were trying to fuck with this guy and they succeeded. Like he, um, he was sentenced to death, but then the innocence project and uh, like he had his own lawyers. I think the innocence project got Dennis Fritz out and then Ron Williamson happened to have some other lawyers but they both finally got off um, out of prison. But the most depressing thing to me, and I kind of am giving you like away the ending, but it's also well, nonfiction. Yeah, it's so, nonfiction. So um, it's not like the most interesting part about this book is just going and reading the details on the case. And like it is heartbreaking. But at the end, this was the, literally the thing that broke my heart was them saying that Ron Williamson, he gets out of prison. He wins like couple million dollars from the state because they prove how malicious the police department was and that they did it on purpose like and um so then he lives for like about five years after he gets out of prison and then dies mm. <laughs> of like cancer like very painful painful death um reminds me a little bit of um making a murderer in the book they also talk about another case because at the same time there were two murders and they were both in gas stations like where they had kidnapped a woman and then murdered her. Um, and they thought they were connected at first, but then they, so they accused Dennis Fritz and Ron Williamson of one, but then they did these two other guys for a different murder. Um, and they were the first ones. Well, that both of those guys I think are on, I think they're on death row, but if they're not in, on death row, they are for sure life in prison and they have exhausted every single appeal. There was no DNA evidence in that case. So there is no way in hell like they could ever be proven innocent, even though they are, because it was the same police department. And like th this book talks about how there's uh, evidence that those guys didn't do it either, but they're sitting in prison for the rest of their life for the same crime from the same police department. Like, this police department has been so malicious. Like, they've done this repeatedly. Mm -hmm. And now there's an ongoing joke in Oklahoma, don't fucking drive through Ada. Yep, that's <laughs> like, right. Don't get arrested in Oklahoma. Have any of you guys ever been to Ada? Yes. It's it's kind of a depressing little town. That's where Blake Shelton is from. Yeah, it's a little bit of a depressing town. I understand mistakes happen. Mm -hmm. Police are human. Mm -hmm. They're just like us. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but I fucking make it work. And I'm sure that police are the same way. Like... Yeah. You have training, mm -hmm. but training only works to a certain extent mm -hmm. and whatever. So these people are human, but as a human, we also need to take teach them to take us 
well, obviously this wouldn't have worked in this case because they did it on purpose, mm-hmm. but teach people to take a step back and say, okay, I made a mistake. How can we fix this? Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting, especially when you relate this to making a murderer, because if you follow um, Kathleen Zegler, who is the lawyer for Stephen Avery yeah. on mm-hmm. on Twitter, um, she posts a lot of stuff. And it's very interesting because other lawyers from all over the country will reach out and be like, hey, can you help us? Or even police departments will reach mm-hmm. out to her yep. and say, can you help us? Because mm-hmm. you have more resources than we do. And we don't want to put these in it. Like, we're not trying to put innocent people away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it happens. Mm-hmm. But, like, help us. And so, but these guys, they even say, like, when they released him from prison, they, like, were being shitheads to him. And, mm-hmm. like, yep. it's just so depressing. Well, this this article came out May 1st in the Oklahoman of 2019. And um, one of the things that says in the article is that false confessions occurred in 13% of the 1,730 known exonerations in this county. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so um, Ron Williamson, he did falsely confess because he thought he was going to, like, they were going to let him, like, he didn't understand. He thought they would be able to prove that he didn't do it. Like, yeah. he was going to give them false information and they were going to be like, well, fuck. Well, well that's not how it worked out I for I guess him. there's some new evidence, too. Another guy came forward who's actually, the reason that he came forward is because he saw the Netflix documentary. Mm-hmm. And so he came forward and I guess he's a, he and a former prosecutor on the case worked out at the same Ada gym and he noticed... In December, that the former prosecutor, Chris Ross, looked disturbed and um, basically had known about some details of the case and came forward about it just recently. Mm -hmm. Well, because somebody so after Dennis Fritz and Ron Williamson were released, then they arrested somebody else in the murders Mm -hmm. through DNA. It's an interesting case. And that's part of the reason they did the documentary on it. But the fact that John Grisham wrote the book, I think, is what got the attention in the first place mm-hmm. to do the documentary. And he wrote this in the 90s. So it's been out for right. a long time. Right. Uh, and it's cool. still the only nonfiction book he's ever... I thought that was fascinating. And I think it's fascinating. He actually came to Oklahoma. He was in Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Ada. He was doing all his research. He went to the New York Yankees Stadium because... Yeah, and like I don't, I just thought it was interesting. At some point in time, John Grisham was just kind of meandering around there. Oklahoma. <laughs> Actually, we've had somebody else recently, a couple of actors here doing research. Matt Damon's been yeah, here. Yeah, Matt Damon's been here. You like know a why? Cu- couple of weeks ago, because they're doing some Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, That's they're right. going to do that. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So he's been here scouting location and yeah. stuff. But I, I do have to say, if you read this book. 80% of it is really interesting. You can flip the page, like you're not going to, but there's a good portion where they go into detail about his baseball career. And personally, Blech. that was not that interesting to me. But they were, <laughs> but the you reason that is a sports book on your uh, Goodreads. <laughs> I guess I could. So like I, sw- I, I skipped all the chapters in Boomtown that were related yeah. to basketball. But yeah. the, the reason they did that is because they're trying to get, you to understand his personality before he w- had a mental breakdown, before he was arrested for murder, before. So mm-hmm. it does do a good job to like set that up for you. Yeah. But I still was like that part. I was kind of. 
Flip, to flip, 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 mm-hmm. flip. I wanted to. I didn't, but I wanted to. I do that. But Your then it picked up again. Over. Yeah. yeah. You're just reading. I don't care. But anyways, I highly recommend reading this, especially in this day and age. I feel like everybody should be educated about like, like what your rights are and like, right. You should read stuff so that, you know, like if this ever happens to you, what, like, what the fuck do you do? Exactly. It's terrifying. Still not going to fix it, but it, I don't know. It's good to know. But at least you know that you could like tell your lawyer, well, they did this and I don't think it's allowed. Right. Instead yeah. of just saying, well, it happened, whatever. I guess they are allowed to do that mm-hmm. when really they're not. But anyways, that's called The Innocent Man, and it's by John Grisham. And there's a Netflix documentary, so watch that too. All right. Today, I am reviewing Magic for Liars by Sarah Gailey. I've read a ton of books about magic <laughs> over the years, like, Seriously, I can't even keep track of how many I have read. But I liked this one because it was kind of a mixture between a detective novel and it had magic stuff in it. But the main character is a twin. And her twin is magical and she's not. So as they were growing up and stuff, Which, it doesn't start out that way. It starts when they're adults. And she gets hired. She's a private investigator. And she gets hired by this magic school to do an investigation because they know she already knows about magic since she had a sister that works at this same school. So that's the reason that they hire her because she's already in the know about the magic world. There's a lot of stuff about it that some people didn't like. I was just talking to um, Jessica yesterday about it, as a matter of fact. She said she didn't, she wasn't a huge fan of the book, mainly because the main character was so whiny. (laughs) In retrospect, I guess she kind of was a little bit whiny. She was whining all the time about, you know, I'm not magical and I'm feeling so upset about it and I was always so bitter, you know, whatnot. Life's not fair. My sister was cool and I wasn't, you know, that sort of thing. But it does take place in a magical school. But really, the story was not about magic, even though it played a very key role. There's a, a murder that happens in the school, in the library. Don't look at me. I didn't do it. <laughs> Vivian's eyes go, boing. I didn't do it. No, but you are a librarian. So it happens in one of the restricted sections of the library. And the woman that is murdered is a teacher. And the way she's murdered is it looks as if like somebody sliced her from the head all the way down through into two separate parts, which is really super gross. See, I would never murder somebody in the library because that would make such a mess on the books. Yeah, exactly. You'd have blood all mm-hmm. over all the paper and, of course, and everything. There's, yeah, there's blood Too everywhere. much evidence going everywhere. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. the person that murdered her wasn't too worried about evidence. Yeah, they were not a librarian. Well, you don't know that in the beginning. You just know <laughs> that it's this huge, gross, disgusting mess in the middle of the library and it's very obviously disturbing because of the nature of the death and the fact that it takes place in a high school and a thing that I kind of liked about it is that it was it it had a Harry Potter vibe in that it took place in a school a magical Mm -hmm. school 
but I liked the fact that it was a normal type school. It was like my high school would have been, you know, no magical candles floating around mm-hmm. and people weren't in uniform. You know, they're like an American school yeah, where people have graffiti written all over the lockers. But in this case, whoever had written graffiti on the lockers about somebody being a slut, it wouldn't wash off. And they couldn't because it's done magically and they couldn't figure out how to get rid of it. So no matter how many times they try to paint over it, it still comes out. Have you guys recognized this? You know what this is? Flying stars. Yeah, it's like a paper, but it's folded into the shape of a star. We used to use these as like flick. We'd flick them and stuff in high school. Pass notes with them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the pranks that takes place in the book is a bunch of these. They're miniature ones like this. Miniature paper stars come flying out from underneath the locker when somebody goes by. So it's like all this weird little shit magic pranks that happen throughout the book, which are just kind of fun. One of the things I didn't like about the book is the fact that it has quite a bit of romance in it. I know. Uh, But the girl is so, I don't know. She's just one of those, she's a private investigator. She has a shitty life. She's not dating anyone, and you just kind of feel bad for her. So she gets she gets the love interest thing going on. Um, so there are, there are a lot of people who will like that part of this book. I enjoyed it because it was a good mystery. Because I love a good mystery. So the kind of the combination of two things I like sort of kept me interested, and it was a it was a good summertime read for me. Not not a perfect. Oh my God, I love this book so much, but it was enjoyable, especially for summertime. So once again, that's Magic for Liars by Sarah Gailey. I enjoyed getting through the mystery part of it. I'll probably donate it to the library. That would be good. Do you guys ever use my Nevada library card still? No, for some reason it stopped working. So I just kind of... Maybe because they realized Dropped I haven't it. been there yeah. in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> but it was working for a long time. It was, yeah. I stopped using it because I went to log in one time and it was like, nope, 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 you can't come in. So no I was like, access Shit. for you. Go away. For really her. needed that Nevada card. <laughs> they had a lot more stuff I noticed than like my... They had really different selection. That's one of the reasons I like different libraries is... When you it, go to Minnesota, just go get a, or whatever, go get a random library card. I wonder if I could get a random library card in Minnesota. Or go, like, make one of your family <gasps> members do it. That's what I'll do. I'll hit up Monica. She has a house there. I'll make her get a library card, and that way I can have a Minnesota card, there too. <gasps> yes, it's interesting to see what libraries have, because it well, all depends on their collection development and, like, Right. Who's in charge of purchasing the books and what people are checking mm-hmm. out because they'll buy more of what people are checking out. So different libraries are going to have. Yeah. Well, like you go into a yeah. bookstore in Minnesota and you see a shitload of Scandinavian crime novels, which yeah. I love. Yeah. But I don't, I can't buy all of them, obviously, yeah. every time I'm there. But that's how I kind of started in with the Scandinavian crime novels in the first place was the fact that we go to Minnesota every year. And I was like, oh, this looks good, you know, and kind of started doing that so maybe i'll see if monica will give me her library card <laughs> i'm uh, such a junkie man i don't know if ou does it but when i lived in reno too we could go to the college like unr mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and for like 25 bucks a year you could get a 
library card to their library, mm. which was awesome because I liked going to their psychology section when I'm 16 years old and think I'm really smart. Of course. And yeah. I like to go read about like, I don't know, like random, psych- like deviant, I'd read a, deviant psychology, like body language and like oh, okay. random ass things. Abnormal psychology was a great class. I, I took all the, well, I, that was my major psychology that explains so much about you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know yeah i've kind of got back into writing a little bit since we started our D &D group up have you yeah inspired you Mm -hmm. it did what night do you guys meet we well that's the problem we don't have a definite okay we need to get more regular well i've been because i've been thinking about like you said you guys said you need a healer we do and i hate playing healer so i was thinking it might be fun to do a character uh, that is a healer but hates being a healer. So that'd be cool. I thought that might be an interesting angle to take. Like, doesn't tell anyone. Are, well, healers are like, you know, they're I'm going to take care of you, you know, or they get kind of arrogant. Like, I'm the healer. I'm running the show. You guys all depend on me. Right. So you get those so kinds of attitudes from healers. Healer. But it yeah. might be interesting to find to have a healer that hates being a healer. You know what's really funny about this D D group? It's, yeah. it's I'm stuck being a healer. Of, and I hate it. It's a non-traditional D&D group in that it is 90% women because mm-hmm. that's the opposite of what most D&D groups are. Yeah. And we're all mm-hmm. over the age of 21. Yeah, I actually left. No, actually, we're not. We have two, no. two 20-year-old boys. Our two boys <laughs> are under 21. Yeah, and they spend the entire time drinking. Yeah, their characters are drunks. Which is kind of funny. We're way cool, so you'd yeah. probably Yeah, love we us. don't talk about rape at all. No. I mean... One Mostly person, we talk about stealing shit. One character... <laughs> I'm up for that. That sounds good. Got hit on in a bar and another character punched him out. So, I mean... You know, yep. Yeah. It's as sexual as we get on there. The guy. Yeah. One of the women was getting hit on and one of the guys went over and punched the guy. Our guy went over and beat the guy up for... Yeah. For harassing one of our female characters, which I thought was pretty awesome. <laughs> funny. I was like, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that happen in a D&D group before. <laughs> it's pretty fun yeah. and nerdy. I like We're it. really enjoying our second nerdship. My, instead of a second childhood, it's we a, have second, a second nerdship. Second nerdship. As we Nerdhood. Get, as we get older, senior citizen and discount. Our, our nasal labials. Uh, nasal yeah. labial flies. Yeah, I got one of those. Deeper. Too. They get yep. deeper and deeper and deeper. And I'm noticing things are like starting to sag. Like, you know, it makes uh, me think of is like those, um, those marionettes. Yep. We all oh, got, and they all have, yeah, and they yeah. have the, because oh. that's where they're, you We've know, got the marionette yeah. mouth going. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it's better not, than, we don't have anus mouth. We it's have better than cat ass mouth. mouth so yeah. cat butt mouth. <laughs> no. No cat ass mouth. No cat ass mouth. Marionette mouth. <laughs> Pull well, my strings, baby. Whoop, whoop. I think this old lady is gonna try to go find some lunch. No, I can't. God damn it! We have to record another podcast. Well, we need, need to cookie. finish this up so I can eat another cookie. All right. Okay. Um, I'll be back from vacation in two weeks, mm-hmm. so you'll you'll get this time traveling episode and then one more time traveling episode. And then I'll be back to tell you all about my trip. You ruined it with your vacation that everybody's jealous of because you get to go on vacation and we don't. We got to stay here and work Sorry. like drones. Sorry. Thanks for making me feel like shit. It, does, it, does it matter that it's a family vacation? <laughs> <laughs> Nicole's just like, you're welcome. <laughs> ah, 
that note, that's going to do it for three, <laughs> three book, book girls. girls. Three fucking book girls gone vacation. Can't get enough of three book girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.